Welcome to Literally, the podcast where we literally take you through the entire process of building a business and creating a lit up life. I'm your host, Lacey Seitz, business mentor and success coach for high-performing women that want to live a lit up life while creating the impact and income they desire in their business. I bring my unique education and expertise to the table to help my clients create big results and move through big blocks. What makes this podcast so unique is that you'll hear one client's weekly coaching sessions for six months. These are recordings of our actual coaching sessions, so you'll see their unique challenges and strategies, their ups and downs, and their wins and losses. You'll also get to hear exactly how I coach them through it. I'm so excited for you to join us on this behind-the-scenes journey and gain insight into building your own lit-up life and the business that you desire. Hello, everyone. Welcome to session one. Oh my gosh, so excited to be getting started on season nine. It's so wild that we've been doing this for nine seasons. It blows my mind. So really happy to have you here. So excited for you to really get to meet Robin, hear about her, her businesses, what's going on for her. The one thing I will say that's always important on these like initial sessions is just to remember, like you probably will feel like you're initially missing some context because obviously, one, you know, as a coach, I'm still learning so much of this. And so there's so much to unfold, but two, obviously Robin and I had some like initial conversations, you know, she like built out an application. We had a back and forth conversation, all of those things before we started. So I probably have like a little bit more context, but we're all still kind of figuring it out together. So if you're listening to this and you're like, well, what is that? Or what did she mean by that or whatever? Don't worry, that will unfold over the season. And also of course, listen to our intro call together where some of that will be more clear as well. So if you're just starting here, make sure you listen to that introduction episode we did as well. So thank you as always for being here. Um, I always love to say this at the beginning of a season, but remember how challenging it would be to have all of your coaching sessions recorded. Personally, I can't imagine and I'm on the other side of it, right? So if you could go send Robin some love, tell her you're excited to get to know her, to have her here. I thank her for being part of this. I certainly, certainly appreciate it so much. And I'm so excited for you guys to get to listen to this season and see how it unfolds. So let's dive in. Awesome. I'm so excited. It's so crazy to to be doing this. I feel like it felt so far away when we initially talked about it. And now it's I here. I agree. Yeah. I know. I was like, I need to get all this stuff ready. And now I'm like, none of it's ready. <laughs> it's okay. We're good. Yes. I feel like that's always how yeah. coaching is. Yeah. You're like, I'm going to be so prepared. No, I'm not. That's why exactly. I need coaching because I need a space to do all this. Yes. yes. Okay. So let's just start with quick housekeeping stuff. I added you to Basecamp. Did you get yes. that email? Thank you. Yes. Okay, great. So you should just be able to accept that and then you'll be in there. Have you ever used Basecamp before? I like years and years ago in a corporate setting. Yes, but okay. not for like a very long time. Okay. It's changed a lot, but it's pretty intuitive. So like poke around once you're in there, but if you have any questions, let me know and I'll just make you a loom, but I'll just kind of super quickly tell you places we're going to use the most. So campfire is like chatting around the campfire. So basically that's where like any questions, celebrations, wins, venting, feedback, whatever, all of that's there. So that's where you can upload voice memos too if you want as campfire. And then the other section we'll use the most is to-dos. So I'll give you to-dos after every call. And then you can give me to-dos as well. Like if I gave you a to-do that was like review or rewrite this thing, you could give me a to-do that was like review it now that it's rewritten. So it's basically like a way to stay kind of accountable to each other. And then the last one is documents and files. So you can upload Google Docs in there. So I have a really strong preference for Google Docs if you ever want something reviewed because I like to give specific feedback, not general feedback. Like if you want a sales page reviewed, like throw it in a Google Doc for me because I want to be able to like highlight a line or something as opposed to like add more results or something like kind of general like that. But happy to review stuff. If you give me like a long form piece of content, I would say give me like a week for review. I usually do it sooner, but like plan for that timeline. I always will respond to you in Basecamp within 24 hours, obviously, except for weekends. I do usually respond on weekends, but like hit or miss in terms of like, you know, timeline. If I did not respond to you in 24 hours, it for sure means I didn't get it. Like, don't give me the benefit of the doubt or anything. Like I'm on that. So if not, it means I missed it somehow. Obviously that 
won't happen very often, but it does happen. So just wanting to say like, don't be like, oh, she's having a busy week. Like for sure, message me again if if you didn't get a response in 24 hours. Even if you like upload a document, it is a long form piece of content. I'll still respond and tell you when I'll have it to you by. So like you'll always have a response from me in some way within 24 hours, even if I'm like, hey, I'll get this to you in the next four days or whatever. And what else about Basecamp? I think there's always kind of like a, how do I use it question that comes up. So what I would say is like, just really like, it's kind of the space for you to practice just getting your needs met in whatever way serves you. So there are probably going to be some weeks where you use it every day. And there will be some weeks where you don't use it at all. And both are okay for me. I'm never like, where's Robin? Why hasn't she checked in? And conversely, I'm never like, how dare you ask a question today? Cause you asked one yesterday. Like, I don't feel like that at all. I really trust like the cadence. I also know that especially at the beginning of a coaching relationship, I imagine you will use it more and it will level out over time. So just like truly let yourself do what you need. Don't feel like there's like a right way to do it. The only right way is that it, it's like you're getting your needs met. Like I said, I'll always respond within 24 hours. You can be in there whenever you want. Like I have really good boundaries around it. So it's not like if you have an idea at 1 a.m. and you want to message me, like, go ahead. I don't have notifications on. Like, it's really for you to use however you want. I won't be in there at 1 a.m., but, like, trust that I can, like, worry about my own boundaries. You can be in there and use it however you need to and in whatever way feels good. Don't feel like you have to, like, censor yourself on any of that. Oh, this is one important tech thing that I didn't say. In Campfire, you don't have to tag me or anything. Like, I'll just always get notified. It's like a text chain. But if you give me a to-do or you post a doc, you have to like actually tag me like basically like you would on Instagram, like at, and then my name will pop up or I won't know it's there. So in those, in any section outside of Campfire, just shoot me a tag so I know something's there. You're welcome to like use the to-dos for yourself if that's helpful. Like obviously the to-dos I'm giving you are encompassing of everything you have to do in your business. So if you want to keep to-dos in there for yourself, feel free. If you already have another way you manage that, totally cool. But just know that that space is for you to use in whatever way serves you. I think that's it on Basecamp. Any questions there? So I also always use Google Doc, but for like a finished product when it's in the design phase, if it's a website link, is that okay? Totally. I meant like for copy, but yes, great question. Like if you want me to look at like design, structure, whatever, so happy to do that Okay. outside of Google Doc. But yeah, if it's like copy or whatever, just throw in a Google Doc so I can like make consistent notes, but 100% happy to do that. Okay. Perfect. Cool. Okay. So that's that with Basecamp. I know you're set up with sessions. We already talked about that last. Well, I guess there's two things with the podcast in addition. So Last coaching related thing, then we'll do a podcast related thing is just like keep me posted on what's feeling good to you and what's not like, especially as we get to know each other, like just over communicate. Like, you know, I love it when you coach me like this. I hate it when you give me that many to do's, like never give me that many to do's in a week again. That didn't feel good. Whatever. Just keep me posted. You're never, ever going to hurt my feelings. Like the only thing that would feel shitty to me is if we got to the end of this and you didn't feel like you got what you needed. So just like, again, especially at the beginning, as we're like learning each other, we're learning how we work, feel free to just like really keep me posted on like what's working for you, what's not. And I can adjust accordingly. And, you know, a, a special reminder to do that because I think coaching when you're a coach is weird because it's like, you're so used to worrying about everyone else, but yourself. And like the call in the space is to worry about no one, but yourself, not even me. So trust that like I got me, I can take care of that. And so you really get to like get your needs met. So whether that's how often you use Basecamp, how much you communicate what's feeling good or what's not, like really try to lean into that because I know it's super weird, especially as a mom too. Like you just don't have a space where it's only about you. So really try to use this for that. And then on the podcast front, I mean, I think we talked about this a little bit, but really similarly there, like I kind of don't know a better way to say this, but like, I want what you want for the podcast. Like, I don't have an agenda except that we record and share something. Um, So if there's something you want to talk about that you don't want aired, if there's something that's off limits, if there's something you said that you, you know, in hindsight, wish you wouldn't have said about your fucking mother-in-law or whatever, do you know, (laughs) like just the stuff that happens, like, let me know. We can edit anything. We can shift anything. Like I really want it to be what you want it to be. And I don't mean that in like a super curated, we're going to make everything look perfect way, but I mean that in like, I want it to feel safe and good and supportive 
and like something you're proud of too. So whatever I can do to help that. I also think that sometimes it can be a question of like, like the meta of, can we talk about the podcast on the podcast? And like, the answer is yes. Like if there's ever anything you want to talk about in terms of like how you're feeling about it, like I think especially as we lead up to like when it launches, you know, you might have some feels about that. Like you can always bring that. Don't feel like you need to like curate or pretend you're not recording it for the podcast or whatever. Like you're welcome to talk about that as much or as little as you want to. So kind of on two fronts, like keep me posted on what's feeling good coaching wise, but I know the podcast is this whole other dynamic. So keep me posted on that too. Cool. I think I'm done with my TED talk. Does that all sound good? (laughs) Yes, it sounds amazing. Okay, good. All right. Well, if any other questions come up, you just let me know. And then obviously you poke poke around in base camp and if you have any questions there too. Awesome. Yeah. I was just going to say for curriculum, is the content that you have in base camp just supposed to support the things that we're sort of working on in a customized way? Or do you have a curriculum you want me to review for like your frameworks and all no. that? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like you're welcome to go through those if you want, but they're just like bonuses and extras for you that we may or may not ever reference sometime, okay. but they're just there for you. The one thing you might want to activate if you want to is for my other business, Datable, you get free access to our Measure and Maximize program. So like a way to access that is in Basecamp as well. So even if you don't want to use that now, maybe just take advantage of like the code I'm or whatever, there. but otherwise, no. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Perfect. Okay, yeah. good, good, good. Awesome. So yeah, otherwise, it's just there if you ever want it. But like if, if we ever need to reference something, we can, but it's not like you need to go through all this. Okay. Cool. Okay. So let's just start with like a brain dump. I know you've been like in a big season. I know a lot's going on. So obviously I read your, your questionnaire and kind of know where you're at, but maybe just start with like, what's on your mind, what's going on. I'll take notes and then we'll kind of just see where it takes us from there. Does that sound good? Yeah. Perfect. So I am obsessed with one-on-one coaching. I love the intimacy. I love the depth. My clients feel like family there's like a really beautiful soul to my business, like my client community that I really cherish. And my renewal rates are in the 90 to 95%. I have clients I've worked with for a very, very long time, years and years. And I just, I'm obsessed with that. One of the reasons I wanted to work with you is because I know you also have that just like genuine love for coaching itself. So I've always like, in a way, kind of put myself in a box that like Mm. one-on-one's my thing. And this season of my life that I've been in has shown me that like I need to be more open to how I can create the Mm. intimacy and the depth and the, the treasured relationships. Like I think that's the part to me that I love about coaching is really the relationships. I genuinely would just like I love my clients so deeply. I care about their businesses so deeply. And so to me, that's something that was never scalable. And I knew like at the price point, like people started to get priced out one-on-one. And so I was like, okay, I'll create Club Rise, which is this really intimate small group coaching experience, but it's hybrid one-on-one, really, really small group sizes. And then you get the benefits of the group because there is a lot of benefit to being in a community and in a group setting. But also I can still be like higher touch than say like a bigger mastermind or a bigger program. And so that was kind of like my my way of meeting both. But then this year, my life was just so big and so intense. And I also started to like see this pattern where like people in Club Rise kept being like, when's the next round of Club Rise? Like, can I just stay in it? I want to do it again. And people coming back for more and more and more of the same program. And so I'm in this place now where I would love to figure out with you, how do I maintain the intimacy and the depth and the connection of like genuine community care? in Club Rise as more of the signature program moving forward. And I'm open to it being open enrollment. I'm open to it being the thing that everyone does and almost closing down my one-on-one. I do have a full one-on-one practice now. My clients I've worked with for a very long time. I'm happy to just like maintain that but not focus on that anymore at Mm -hmm. all. 
And also then that would free up my time, my space, my capacity for the new business I'm launching in a totally different space that is obviously going to be its own thing. Totally. Okay. I think what you're saying, tell me if I'm like hearing this right, is like that used to feel like a fuck no, or there was like a lot of resistance there. And like this has kind of just showed you like you need space for this other business, but also the life and like just feeling like it's not a fuck no anymore. And there's like a big opening there kind of. Yeah, exactly. And I think the thing that needed to shift for me was I needed to see people get amazing results in that setting and also Mm -hmm. genuinely love it. And like clients who'd worked with me one-on-one and had done Club Rise would be like, oh, I really want to do Club Rise again too. And so almost seeing that clients had this like incredible experience there was like, okay, it works. Yeah, totally. It works for them and it works for me, which is like always the win we're looking for, right? Yeah. So I think something that is really helpful to hear here is how Robin is obsessed with 101. She's a 90% renewal rate, right? And, and she's open to exploring more than just one-on-one and like really both can be true. I think that sometimes we think we only make changes when something doesn't feel good or when something feels bad. And that is not actually the ideal path in business necessarily. Like when I think about me, the idea for the partnership model and the revenue share, which ultimately like is what has grown my business to the million dollar mark came because I was so happy with what I had. I was so happy with what I had that I was kind of just in this like open receptive state of like, cool, this is so amazing. I wonder what else I can do to scale this, but I want this, right? I want this one when I love doing this work, what else can I do to scale it? And that's when the idea for revenue share really came to me. And so I just want to say that, like, I think this is a really good example and it's going to be like a really interesting piece to watch this season or to to watch, to listen to this season, watch out for however you want to say that, is what it looks like to make a change when you're not making a change because something's bad or wrong, quite the opposite. What does it look like to make a change from like a really full, happy place in your business? but to also be willing and want to explore more. And when both of those can live together, it does get really exciting. So I'm excited for us to listen to you and hear about that more. So with Club Rise right now, like it's not a continuous program though, right? It's like three months and it doesn't, like it's not back to back. So like nobody's doing it multiple times or if they are, it's like stop, start kind of thing, right? Yeah, exactly. It's four, I did adjust it from three months to four months. And yes, it starts, stop. There's like significant months long of periods where it's not offered. And if people want to redo it again, they come back in like a few months and they redo it again. Okay. So I think you had kind of alluded to this, but it seems like that's like the most obvious shift to start with, right? Yeah, I I agree. The thing that's made me nervous about shifting it is that I always like focus so much on one-on-ones that Club Rise was like, yeah. I need to, like, this is kind of the side dish. So I need to make sure that like I'm monitoring my yeah. capacity and I'm not taking on more than I can choose so that everybody in both programs gets like the most amazing experience. But I was preparing for maternity leave this year. And so I just like didn't open any new one-on-one coaching spots. And so now that I'm not running Club Rise and I have limited my one-on-one spots, I have all this time. And I'm realizing that Club Rise in and of itself, like I don't know if it's maybe even going to become like a six-month program. It can. Like it's very robust. There's a lot of detail. There is a curriculum to it. But that would have to shift. It would have to be available all the time. And then I think the hybrid one-on-one support would also have to shift as it grows. Mm -hmm. Because it's two one-on-one calls and then three now, right? They get three one-on-one calls. It depends like if it's early bird or not. So one of the bonuses is like an extra one-on-one call, but most people get two or three one-on-one sessions during that period of time. And every week they get one Voxer day of unlimited Voxer support privately because I also like confidential things came up and it was like my own thing that I'm like, I don't think people are going to want to bring all of that to the group setting because that's my own thing that I wouldn't do that. 
And then I saw... But now you're going to share it on a podcast. (laughs) I know. It's like major edge for me. And so, yeah, like seeing people actually bring that stuff to the group because the group has felt so safe and there's been like really healthy boundaries and it's attracted the right people also showed me that I don't need to have that one-on-one boxer support with those conditions met. Yeah, it's interesting because it's almost like it's scary to scale a good thing to a certain extent, right? Like I think in some ways it's easier to scale when it's like something about this isn't working, we need a shift or whatever. And I think what you're kind of running up against is it's like scarier when it's like everything about this is working. It feels so safe. It feels so this. It feels so containered, right? Like it's harder in some ways, quote unquote, to scale that because it feels like everything's working so well. So it's like more uh, nerve wracking. Totally. So as much as I, you know, said on that first clip and about like, okay, this is gonna be really exciting. Like best place is to be like taking a good thing and being open to more. It also can be really scary to scale a good thing. And I think that's actually super important to say because we're so used to people only making changes when something's not working. When you have something that's working really well, like of course there's a lot of fear around changing it because you're like, well, this feels so good. I'm obsessed with this. I have such a high renewal rate. Things are working so well for me. Like that's when all the fears about the new things are gonna come up and you're gonna have to really work through and push through those because you know, what you don't have is the motivation to stop what you're doing. You know, like some people are able to move past their fears because they have so much motivation to stop what they're doing. It's kind of like, you know, if you wanted to leave like a corporate job that really, really, really sucked, typically you get over those entrepreneurial fears quicker because you have such motivation to leave the job that sucks. But if you have a job that you just like absolutely love and like are obsessed with, but kind of feel called to do the entrepreneur thing, it's a little bit harder to find that motivation because those fears can get in the way because you're not kind of running away from something. So I think it's just helpful to normalize that where we don't only make changes because shit sucks, but when we are at a place where things are so good and we're trying to scale that and grow that in a different way, more fears are probably going to come up to be addressed, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't do it. It's just because it is kind of scary to scale a good thing and that's really normal. And my values as a coach too are loud around safety, around intimacy, around like every single person needs to feel seen and heard and they matter. And I've experienced when that's not the case in group settings. And so I'm like extra protective around preserving that experience. Yeah, totally. I think this is like such a important journey because I think that there's like both things can be true here where there probably is some trade-offs that are going to get made. And there's also a way to like not sacrifice on anything that's actually really important. And I think just being able to like open to what that could look like is the important part because it sounds like before you were like, nope, no way. And now you're like, wait, no, I am going to be open to the fact that like there may be some trade-offs, but like there's maybe this like top layer of stuff that I'm never gonna, you know, be willing to bend on and that's okay too. So mm-hmm. do you feel like you know what those are? Like, you know, I'm just yeah. making this up, but it's like, okay, well, I'm not ever willing to bend on the fact that they do have some level of personal access or I'm not willing to bend on, like, do you know what your like top things are there? I would say I'm willing to bend on the one-on-one access if I add in like a bonus call or like office hours or something like, so I'm willing to have I'm willing to just change what it looks like so that it's more scalable, but I don't want it to feel like there's less of me overall. So like no support coaches, no like I'm willing to bring in guest experts for like expert things for sure. But the coaching itself, like I want that to be me. I want to have a pretty significant understanding of everyone's business. So probably like some kind of onboarding that would be even like a 50-minute call one-on-one, but just something that is still me being like the glue in the whole thing. I think what's really interesting about that is I think so many people would name what you're saying as a block that you have to be the glue, Mm. right? Yeah, And I think it could be, and I think it certainly is in some circumstances, but I also feel like because I I know this well in terms of like just loving one-on-one and feeling like that's where you shine, like I also get that because like I'm a person who is not great at curriculum creation and is not going to like 
that to be my zone of genius. And so my zone of genius is and kind of like being in the relationship and the glue. And so I think like we'll just watch that line, I guess, is the point is like because I I am I don't know if this is true about you, but I'm also a control freak by nature. And so there's always a line, right? <laughs> totally. It's yeah. like, where is this control versus where is this being smart about how to use your zone of genius? And I think like that's maybe the edge here where both are probably true at different times and we can look at that. So I really want to talk about the statement of like how much Robin looks to kind of like be the glue for her clients because I feel like 90% of the entrepreneurial space would say that that's a block, right? Like, oh, they can't rely on you like that or you can't, you know, kind of like position yourself like that. Like you don't want them to be so dependent. You don't want to have to be the glue. Like you have to step out of that, all this stuff, right? Or it's like, that's kind of like creating codependency with that. Anyway, there's so many things that could be said about that. But what I want to say is like, if we look at it from like a really business lens, there is a market need for someone who really wants to be that for people, who really wants to show up, who wants to be the glue with them, who wants to help them in that way. You know, there is a market for that because people desire that. And so having a business that answers that need in the market is not a block. It's actually really, really, really smart sometimes, right? And then on like a bigger level of like boundaries and all of those things, you can still be the glue for your clients while holding really, really amazing boundaries. I think when everyone assumes that's a block is because the assumption is that means you're doing everything for them. You're not holding boundaries. You're holding everything for them. You're creating dependency. You're creating codependence, all of those things. And that is not what it means, right? You can be someone who is really present, really engaged, really relationship focused, all of those things with your clients and have boundaries, not create codependency, all of those things. And so I just want to name all of that because yes, sometimes we can take that the wrong way. Sometimes we can take that down a path where we feel like we have to be everyone's hero or rescuer or whatever, but that's not always true. Sometimes we can meet a really important need in the market in a way that feels good to us and still allows us to hold boundaries that looks like really showing up for our people and that does not have to be a bad thing and that does not have to be a block. Totally. And and just like as a coaching industry as a whole, like I want people to have a really amazing world-class experience. Yeah. And because oftentimes Club Rise attract, it attracts people in their first one to three year business, none of them are at six figures yet. And so like it is these like very foundational beautiful entry points into their journey as well. So I want to always make sure that like that also does require a little bit more support sometimes than like someone yeah. who's like really like got the strategy down, got the systems down and, and is just like, it's, a, it's just a different need level. Well, you're kind of like holding that secret, right? Like you're like, I know that being a coach in the first one to three years of someone's business is like important and sacred and like is – absolutely foundational on their trajectory. And so I want to like treat that with reverence instead of kind of being like, oh, whatever, they got it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you nailed that. So do you see this as evergreen or open close? I see it as evergreen because more and more people are messaging me being like, when's the next round of Club Rise? When's the next round of Club Rise? And then also I just know my own personality because I'm not driven by like huge financial goals. Yeah. Is like, I will just be like, oh, does it feel good to have a launch right now? Yes, then I'll launch. But like I won't be as disciplined with myself around like launch phases because financially like my bread and butter one-on-one is like so solid and I'm not driven by like – I'm just not like needing those massive numbers. So for me, it's very much like my lifestyle comes first. My capacity comes first. Can I give – these clients like the best of me can I give them a world-class experience and so then I know there's like a mindset piece around everything needs to feel right before I'll open the doors and so I think it's better to just have it as open and then have that like consistent uh, sales piece versus like anyone can just join whenever they reach out to me versus like uh this big like massive launch season I really, really love how Robin said here, you know, that she is someone who always prioritizes her lifestyle over the massive numbers. I think that's important to just hear someone say, right? Because I feel like in the online space, it's almost like 
you're supposed to have both and they're both supposed to be perfect. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're supposed to have the massive numbers working 10 hours a week. And if you don't, like you're screwing something up. And the truth is there's always trade-offs in everything, you know, and there's always priorities that we have to choose and everything. And so I think it's just really helpful that Robin knows what her priority is and is being really clear on it. It doesn't mean she's not gonna make great numbers or doesn't already, right? It just means she knows where her priorities are and her decisions align with that. And she's not putting all of this pressure on herself to be all the things and like prove she's good enough. She just knows what matters to her and she's gonna act in accordance with that. So I think it's gonna be really, really cool over the season to watch how that unfolds and to keep getting that example and permission of what it looks like to have that as the number one priority. Yeah, totally. Especially if it's replacing one-on-one because one-on-one is like your evergreen right now-ish. I mean, I know not fully because like obviously you don't always have spots, but like that lives in an evergreen way in your business where you can fill a spot totally. anytime you want. And I think you kind of want that same flexibility here, right? Without being like so on for the launches. I also know you said your husband travels quite a bit too. So I imagine like you need something that's more consistent versus like big season. Exactly. Lol, big season lol, right? Yeah, he's away 20 to 22 days a month on average. It's a lot. So it's a lot. And also that means on the days he's home, I want to be present with him. It's not like just weekends. It's like random Tuesday, Wednesday type of things. And so I value the flexibility in my schedule as well, which is another reason why Club Rise kind of freaked me out because I was like, oh, like there's like more regimented schedule than there is in my one-on-one, which feels more flexible because it's relational if it, and we can be flexible in like calls and things. So that's something I have to sew with as well. Yeah, it's so interesting how that is, right? Because I think a lot of people think groups provide you with more flexibility, but it's kind of the opposite. Like one-on-one, I could be like, hey, Robin, like my kid's sick, I need to move this. And it's like pretty easy because like we could just move it and it's just two of us. But when you're moving yes. a big group, it's obviously a whole dynamic, right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So we can look at that in terms of schedule, but it doesn't feel like you're like, that's a no for you or anything. It just feels like a thing to consider. Okay. So what feels like, do you have, nobody's in Club Rise right now. Is it on a, okay. So it's like almost like a relaunch situation. Yeah, it's a relaunch. And I think this is the perfect time for it to be relaunched as like a a different experience and one that is going to be more the long game. Do you want to keep the name or would you think about changing it as I'm well? totally open to changing it. I mean, obviously like pros and cons to that. Like you obviously have a really well-established brand around it. So that's something to consider. But I also think like it's not super clear yeah. in terms of like what it is, what it offers. And I feel like club almost like downplays a little bit of like the like amount of value that I think you're giving and the amount mm-hmm. of like high touch support. So I'll just like – put that as a to-do is to like think about that. Like I don't think we have to like land on anything like immediately, but it's just like worth kind of like ideating that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, so most obvious thing to me is relaunching for like a January start. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, I was thinking like piggybacking on Big Friday stuff and yeah. really leveraging that as and giving people an amazing deal too for it. Yeah. And then people would start after the holidays. You could almost – what a lot of my clients do for stuff like that is almost do two, like, launches. We're using that term loosely because we're, like, relaunching, but it's going to be evergreen. But almost like a Black Friday thing in November and then reopen again at beginning of January if you still have space that you want to fill. Mm-hmm. Then with the discount, right? And then it just starts on evergreen from there. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm down for that. Okay. So I guess like we're kind of doing a launch to begin with though, right? Like same page. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. With discount. Then evergreen. Okay. Do you have like a lot of like collateral? Do you have a whole launch process? Are you like, I've never really had to fully launch it because it's always kind of filled. Like, do you have like a shit ton of stuff behind this? Like, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so I would say that I have a lot of like Instagram assets for it, but if we're rebranding and we're renaming and all of that, then like it just would need some tweaks. Emails are done and 
yeah, like I'm pretty organic on Instagram. So I usually just will like do like face to camera stuff like in the moment. And I'm pretty consistent with that almost every day. So that's typically what works for me. And then also like just conversations and relationship building in the DMs. Do you think it is worth starting a wait list now since we're pretty far out from Black Friday? Yeah. And like, this is what's tricky for me. And I would love your advice for it is I'm also launching this other business. So it's like, how do I build the hype there? And it's going to be similar timing. So like, how do I keep my business people like confident that like, I'm not going anywhere. I love this work so much. This is like a really beautiful and important part of my life. It's not going anywhere. And because I feel like when people see you pivot, especially into a niche that's so different, they start to be like, oh, she's for sure going to like transition there. So I just want that confidence to maintain really well there. And then also not confuse people with like the next piece, which is in the fertility space, which is totally different. I mean, on like a really practical level, I'm assuming the new business has totally separate social, all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, it will. I've had like my podcast series this month, which is just me sharing my story that I'm finally ready to share. And I know I've received like literally over a hundred and something messages from people from it. So I know that it's a shared experience. And I'm sure many people in my existing community will also get support there. But it's a different ideal client and a different problem and a different marketing and all that. I personally, I don't think that's weird at all. And I actually don't think you have to offer a lot of explanation. I hear what you're saying in that like sometimes when we see people do that, it can seem like, oh, like this is like a flaky thing or whatever. But like I I think like you've never done anything like that. And I also think it connects really, really deeply to a story that you've shared really openly on. So I feel like that's enough, honestly. You know, I think that's so different from the person who's like changing their brand every (laughs) six months and like, Whatever. Like, I think you have had this, like, massive personal experience, again, that you, like, made podcasts on, shared publicly on. Like, it makes so much sense why you're doing this. And I kind of think that's enough. And I feel like any other, like, justification of that, you don't owe anybody. And I don't think will impact the business at all, really. I mean, tell me if you feel otherwise. But I think, like, it's such a different scenario to, like, maybe the scenario you're thinking of in terms of, like, it making trust waver a bit. Yeah, I think just like my husband even said to me, he's like, your business is so boring. And I'm like, yeah, I love it that way. Like I never launch new things. And I'm yes. like, I just like have always done club rides or one-on-one. And it's like, you know, there's like two things and it's just yeah. so straightforward. And I like, I personally love that. I don't need to be constantly creating and constantly putting new things out there. So there is totally a mindset piece for me around like, this is new and this, like maybe it's more in my head than how people would perceive it. I love that Robin brought up this part about having a boring business. If you guys know me, you know that I love talking about having a boring business. And I I think it is such an edge for so many people. It's like, as much as like in theory, you want the like consistency and certainty and simplicity, I feel like so many entrepreneurs also kind of want that chase and they always want to be creating something new. And I always am kind of telling clients, you know, there's a balance there, like the excitement and newness have good pieces in your business, but also like the consistency and simplicity and certainty also really, really bring a lot to you. And sometimes letting your business be boring in seasons to bring those things to you is really worth it. And so I just wanted to name that because I think one is permission to have a boring business and to not feel like it needs to be wildly exciting all the time to be really good and fulfilling. And two, to know that there are different seasons, right? Like right now, Robin is probably not in a season that is going to be the most boring. Like she's starting a new business. She is reworking her current business model. Like I wouldn't say this is gonna be like her most boring season, but what she has done is had a very boring season in business for a while where she's just like doing the things she loves and repeating it and making good money from it. And so it kind of sets the stage for, okay, she can go into this season where she's changing up a lot more because she has such a solid foundation and she's had so much consistency and certainty. So just a reminder, boring business can be great. You do not have to be in those seasons forever and ever, but they really, really do a lot for you mentally and in terms of your business and your finances. 
but I, I just want to make it so, so clear that I am not going anywhere. Like even in the new business, I'm going to be doing like the business stuff because I just love business building and I love uh, the work that I do. That's not going to change. Yeah. I mean, I think like literally you can just say that once and then call it. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think you can certainly say when you announce the new business, I think you can like have those few sentences in there. Like, you know, like my commitment to my current business is like deeper than ever, blah, blah, blah. Like certainly it's like worth just naming, but I think beyond that, you don't need to. Like you've shown your audience so much consistency and so much trust over time. Like I don't think you have a trust problem at all. So you don't need to solve for it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Hear you. I think it's so helpful for Robin to voice this fear here about her audience trusting her, worried being worried about her audience trusting her if she's launching something new because I think that this can be the the shadow side of having a really boring business is you're like, I never make big changes. I never launch something totally new. Like, are they gonna trust me? Are they gonna see me in the, the way that they have always seen me, right? And I think when you're someone who always launches something new, that never even occurs to you. You're like, oh, I always do new things. And that's kind of like how I am. So it's just helpful to see, again, there's always trade-offs to both. Like, it's amazing to have that boring, consistent business that fulfills you. And like, then when you do go to do something new, probably more fears are gonna come up and it's gonna feel a lot you know, weirder than it would for someone else. And so it's just important to see those things. But I also want to say like, when you have built trust with your audience over a significant period of time, there, like, there is not a lot you can do to fracture that by just like launching something new or trying something new because you have so much consistency there, right? Think about that like any of our relationships, you know? When you have such a consistent foundation, things can ebb and flow and you just still know that person and you know their heart. Like you and your best friend have this amazing foundation and maybe sometimes you talk more or sometimes you talk less or maybe she even does something that pisses you off and causes a misunderstanding. But at the end of the day, like you have so much trust built there that you can kind of like pull from that bank account because you have so many deposits in it that sometimes you can make a withdrawal, right? So Robin has so many deposits in that bank account of trust and consistency with her audience that if she wants to do something that feels kind of out of left field, like she can make a withdrawal here without going bankrupt. Do you know what I mean? So I think it's just important to one, normalize the, the trade-offs and challenges that can come with this. And two, remember that like, it's not about do we never make a change or do we never have a moment where they might be like, huh, that's different. It's really about what's the foundation we have set and do we have a strong enough foundation that it's easy to kind of pull from that where someone's not gonna, you know, immediately change their mind about you because of something like that because they really have seen you and know you and know how you show up and who you are. In terms of timing though, obviously like that is something to think about. Like, is that launching for Black Friday? Well, we have betas going through the process now, and I was going to be open to your suggestion around this. Is it a new year thing? Like, do we just take the rest of the year to just map out the membership and like really get betas in there and really refine our process and make sure that when we do publicly launch that like a lot of those things are like ironclad? Well, as much as possible, it's always going to evolve, but yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Versus like it being like a really messy first beginning, which is kind of like how I usually do things. I'm like a quick start kind of person. Yeah, yeah. You're a manifesting generator, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there's like pros and cons to both a bit, but I feel like what I kind of took from your questionnaire and you tell me if this feels true, but it's like, this is a really big pivot you're doing in your own business in terms of like reworking from being more one-on-one -on -one centered to club rise centered. It's almost like a re-emergence because you've really been kind of planning on winding down and then having all of the personal stuff to deal with. And so, and it still is like your number one business, I guess we could say, or your priority yeah. or whatever. So I'm more inclined to say like, give this the time for the rest of the year to like make this pivot, redesign Club Rise, like feel solid in that and then launch with this in January. Not because it would be bad to do it messy, but more because like I think trying to make a huge pivot in your like core business while trying to launch 
another one might be more activating than it needs to be. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. My body felt really good when you said that. I was like, okay. Yeah. And also just like not rush because for me, it is an emotional experience too in the other business. So just not, not to like rush that I think is helpful for my own nervous system. How far are you out from that? Far out from my loss? Yes. Uh, that was in, so I am, I think just about three months. Yeah. I mean, that's so fresh still. Like, yeah. Three months is like a blink of an eye, right? Not that like I'm sure you haven't gone on a very big healing journey in that time, but I think just remembering how fresh that is in terms of like your body, your nervous system, your hormones, your like the whole thing. So I think like, I think the goal for the rest of the year would be gentle, (laughs) you know, like, yeah, right. Like gently kind of coming back, reworking things, whatever, instead of like hard launching messy, like I, it might just not be the season for like hard and messy, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I forget that I'm postpartum (laughs) and like, Oh my God. Yeah. Still going. I just had my last surgery last Monday. Wow. So yeah, it's like it wasn't just like the loss, but I've had multiple medical procedures because of retained pregnancy tissue. And so only last Monday was the first time that I've had my body back, really. Wow. So yeah, I'm still going through that. Last Monday, Robin. Like that is so big, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think like full permission to make this shift, whatever you want to say, like as light, spacious, easy as possible for you. I'm sure there's a piece of you that feels a little raring to go, I imagine, having like been through so much. But I do think like ease is maybe like the name of the game here. Totally. There's this really weird experience of being like so out of control in like a fertility journey and like a pregnancy and and even in the loss and like the way it happened and all of that like there was just this huge out of control awful experience and so like you yes control freak I feel like my business is my happy place and it's the thing that I like can control and I'm like really good at it and so it's like yeah it just feels like one plus one equals two in my business and so I do definitely like run towards that. And there is a part of me that's like running towards that really fast, maybe a little bit too much too soon. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's so soothing when you're a control freak that <laughs> one plus one equals two. Like, oh my God, it's like uh, <laughs> so good. Yeah. And like sometimes it can cause you to speed up more than is necessarily like supportive because you want all the control back, right? So mm-hmm. I think it's like definitely a fine balance. Like personally, I think it's like really healthy to be soothed by that in some ways. Like, yes, it's really nice to feel like you can have control over some areas of your life when some feel wildly out of your control. It's just more of like a speed thing than a – yes. Or like a spaciousness thing than like a control thing, right? It's just like how hard do you hit the gas, but like you're still driving the car, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I love that analogy. So like you're still going to drive the car in terms of like make the change, go evergreen, shift out of full one-on-one, all of that. It's just like you don't need to like sprint at that and have that done plus a business launched in that time, you know? Yeah, and I think January just like feels also like a fresh chapter, So as the season unfolds, uh, we will obviously get into a bit more about what is going on for Robin personally, but I think what's really helpful to name here that was coming up is like just the desire to control what we can, no matter what we have going on in life. When life feels out of control, we are so quick to put that focus on the business. Like I personally have done that a million times, control freak, right? But even my clients who aren't control freaks, like all of us want some semblance of control in our life. And so when we are not getting that through life, it is easiest by far to project that onto the business where we want to 
control every single thing in the business and work so much harder to surrender because everything else feels so out of control. And in some ways that can be really healthy because your business is something you have a lot of control over as an entrepreneur. And in some ways we can take that too far where, you know, we're really worried about controlling kind of every element and aspect of things. So I just wanted to name this in case this is coming up for anybody where they're like, oh yeah, my life has been really feeling challenging and out of control in certain ways. And I can see how I'm like, really making choices in the business that are a reaction to trying to get control instead of that are strategic and supportive of me. So this is normal. We all do this in some ways, but knowing that we're doing it, you know, Robin bringing awareness to doing that is actually what's so crucial. So hopefully this could bring awareness to someone that's kind of in that right now too. Okay, good. So basic takeaways. Club Rise is gonna pivot, definitely go evergreen. I think maybe we could like really dive into some details in Basecamp in the meantime of like, is it six months? I'm leaning toward that. I think you're leaning toward mm -hmm. that from what I could tell, but like, let's have that conversation there. You know, what are inclusions? Do the Voxer days stay? Like, I feel like we could go through like some of like the nitty gritty there and then have you sit with that. Cause I'd love for you to have like a little spaciousness to just like make sure all that feels good. like i.e. we decide you have a few days you can process instead of having to like again run at it and then kind of make some decisions for there based on how all that shakes out in terms of like inclusions pricing next steps does that feel pretty good yeah that feels amazing I don't know if this feels helpful now or not so I'll just like put this like as a maybe but like you know I'm happy for you to like brain dump for me a little bit more in base camp on like what you're doing beta wise in the other business, just like, so I can start wrapping my head around that. If you're like, I don't even want to like go there yet. If we're just doing the club rise pivot first, that's totally cool too. But if there's anything you can kind of like download me on there or whatever, that would probably be helpful just so I can kind of like wrap my head around what's happening there. Okay. But again, like if you get to it, great. If you don't, no big deal. Yeah. that's. I think fine. obviously this is the priority. Yeah. I can like, it's all mapped out already. So I can just share the Google doc with you. Good. Cool. Yeah. I feel like there's so many open loops as it always feels like when you start coaching, like I want to hear more about your story. I want to hear more about the other business. I want to hear more about how you're doing mentally, physically, all the things, but obviously we have six months and plenty of time for all that. But all that to say, like, you kind of let me know, like, if you're like, I need a little bit more of like a personal kind of like support session here for that. If you're like, feels really good to just be like super strategic right now here for that. Like kind of keep me posted on what's feeling best for you and all of that. So we can, yeah, just do whatever feels good there. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Okay. Keep me posted in Basecamp. I'm here. I will put these to do's in. You send me stuff as you get it. Let's get some of that ironed out and let's get you an evergreen uh, hybrid one-on-one -on -one offer. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. I'm like feeling really good about it all. Amazing. Okay, good. I'm so glad. I'm so glad we got to do this and I'll talk to you this week in Basecamp. Okay, thank you so much. Right. Bye, Robin. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Literally. Your precious earbud time means the world to me and I'm incredibly grateful that you chose to spend it with this podcast. Your feedback is not only valuable, but essential to me on this journey. So if you've enjoyed the podcast and found it beneficial, please take a moment to leave a review. And here's the best part. To express my gratitude, I'll select one lucky reviewer each month to receive my ultimate mini course to maximizing results in one-on-one -on -one coaching. If you want to be an in-demand coach who's known for creating those epic results and getting epic results in your own business because of it, then this course is for you and you can grab the first module of it for free right now at alinaplife.com forward slash mini course.